0: had this pitch that I was doing the next day. And so I'm on a flight and the internet doesn't work. Like I can't ah. do it. And all our stuff's on Google Drive, right? Like I was flying to my parents' house. I get there and I'm in my childhood basement at my parents' house. And I'm up till like four in the morning, building out what turned out to be the turning point deck for our business. business, business, business.
1: Welcome to Lead With Your Brand,
2: Hey, everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, we have another exciting show for you today. I've got an amazing guest. It is Nick Bond, the chief experience officer and founding partner of Apex Scoring System. But before we get to Nick, let's talk a little bit about your brand. Now, this week, I had the exciting opportunity to be back in Dallas, Texas with one of my favorite clients, Vistra Corp a premier Texas-based energy company focused on the competitive energy and power generation markets. Now, I had the unique opportunity to speak at their Marketing Unplugged 2023 symposium, which was bringing together Vistra's entire array of amazing marketing people. And you're probably thinking to yourself, "Wait, Jason was talking lead with your brand with marketing people?" And yes, that's exactly it because their executive leader knows that great marketers still need to hit the pause button, recharge, unplug, and focus on their own careers. So I spent the entire morning working with this amazing team, and I had a couple of great aha moments. Now, we always talk about using a brand marketer's toolkit and turning it on yourself, and that's exactly what we did. But it was so interesting that even for a group of marketers that use these tools every single day, it was still tough to hold up the mirror and look at ourselves. In fact, I noticed when we were working together and in small group breakouts and partnered one-on-ones, other marketers were great at helping other marketers create their own brand, but still kind of struggled themselves. And it made me think for all of us, it's easy for you to apply this notion of branding to your friends and your colleagues and your co-workers, but it is so difficult when you are just trying to do it for yourself. You know, there is some truth in that age-old saying, the shoemaker's shoes have no shoes, because you're always out there thinking about other folks you really need to hit the pause button, unplug, and focus on yourself. Now, the second thing that really resonated to me when I was sitting in this group of 100 amazing marketers was how much your brand and documenting your brand is not a solo activity. That's right. It can't just be done sitting in a vacuum because that's not listening to feedback from others. What I noticed working with this amazing team of marketers was that they were able to work with each other and have great conversations because that's where that authentic and unique brand language comes for yourself. And it's all about asking folks. In fact, we sat with hundreds of Post-its that folks had asked other people, give me three words that you would use to describe me when I'm at my best. And they were able to come up with all of these word clusters that were not just, you know, pulled out of thin air, but rather based in feedback. In fact, I was sitting with my client, Sydney, and she pulled me over during one of the breakout sessions, and she was working with one of her amazing team members. And she said to me, you know what, Jason, I'm working with Dorothy and she's just this ray of sunshine. She's so radiant and we're just really struggling to come up with what her supersized brand words are. And I looked at Sydney and I said, Sydney, this is why you're an amazing chief marketing officer, because right here, you just authentically and uniquely described what I've been seeing on Dorothy sitting at one of the front tables the entire morning. You're right. She is sunshine. She is radiance. She is warmth. She is welcoming. So remember, don't just pick up your phone and look at dictionary.com to think about what words describe you. Go out and ask people and have great conversations with your raving fans and your super fans, because together you will hear that authentic language of how you show up and lead with your brand every single day. Well, I am super excited about today's show. I have Nick Bond, who is the Chief Experience Officer and Founding Partner at Apex so- scoring system. Now, Nick is a highly skilled marketer and customer experience expert, renowned for his commitment to understanding customer needs and translating them into successful business strategies. As the CXO and founding partner of Apex, an AI-powered solution that uncovers and quantifies customer desires, Nick empowers brands to align with their customers' needs and enhance their experiences. With a decade of experience in market research, including senior leadership roles with the Canadian Tire Group and Ipsos, Nick has honed his skills in understanding customer expectations, motivations, and frustrations across various sectors. His unique blend of data-driven insights and a people-centric approach has earned him a reputation for delivering tangible metrics that have a measurable impact on organizations. We'll be back in just a few moments with Nick Bond, the Chief Experience Officer and founding partner at Apex Scoring System. System. And we are back. I have a fabulous guest with us today. It is Nick Bond, CXO and founding partner of Apex Scoring System. Nick, what is going on? How are you, Jason? Good to be here. It's great to have you on the show, Nick. So talk to me, what is hot and new happening at
0: Apex Scoring System? To be honest, we are just trying to keep up with growth right now if i if i just like <laughs> whittle it down to one thing uh so it's just all hands on deck and you know i i think we we're in a really good conversation this morning uh with a large retail prospect and they just put it perfectly like you guys are saying things that are very relevant to the work happening right now we need to meet again and everybody's just saying sort of the same thing and it's happening very quickly and i gotta be honest it's taken us um it's we've been at this jason for Oh man, three, four years. Yeah. Uh, finding that product market fit, finding that, t- that moment when you hit a groove and now you are having conversations people are really leaning into. Cause we had a technology that we knew was special. We just didn't, it took us a while to figure out how to actually direct it and talk about it. Yeah. But I think we're really starting to find that groove and sort of saying, this is where you need to point that technology. And this is what's going to start to uh, deliver the value for people. And now, since that's happened, like, we're we're just trying to keep up. Like we're honestly just trying to keep up, and <laughs> I don't I don't mind that problem. I'm not complaining, my friend.
2: Right, good problems to have. Totally. So, Nick, tell me a little bit about the story of Apex Scoring System and and how you came to be a founding partner.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one. Everybody loves an origin story. I'll tell you ours here. Um, uh, I was at uh, a, a large retailer up here in Canada called uh, Canadian Tire. Uh, many people might have heard of it. It's actually, I think, the biggest retailer in Canada, uh, leading their strategy and insights team. And uh, I got a call from a fellow named Mark, who would go on to become a co-partner in Apex, uh, who ran an agency. Uh, and he was saying, look, man, I'm starting this. He was introduced to us by a mutual friend. So uh, he he's called, He's like, look, we're starting. I got this agency. We do typical ad stuff. We do media buying. We do some creative. We do annual reports. But it's all very boring. He's like, I want to turn this into what he's calling an audience engagement firm, um, but I can't sell what I can't measure. I need a way to measure audience engagement. And so my background is market research, statistics, uh, really getting into what makes people tick. That's what I was doing in Canadian Tire, and that's what I was doing at Ipsos for 10 years prior to that. Um, so I showed up and we started doing work together and saying, okay, what does it mean to be engaged? And we started pulling together, you know, what we were students of behavioral science. I wouldn't say we're behavioral scientists by any stretch, but we certainly appreciate the, (laughs) I certainly, we certainly appreciate the, the, the side of it there. And so we did all that work. We ended up then actually pulling real behavioral scientists into the conversation. So we're not making it up anymore. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so we had, then we all of a sudden we had advisors in Columbia and Harvard and University of Toronto leaning into what we were doing to really start to figure out what makes people tick, what makes people lean into the brands they do business with. We wanted to synthesize it down into a really usable, easy to apply. So it's not theoretical. We want it to be like really applied science into the business world that anybody could chew on and make sense of and then action. And so, you know, like I said, it took a little while to find out find our legs, figure out who needs it and why. Um, but now we've sort of, we've really found a niche in the customer experience world. Um, people in these, you know, in these companies are looking for innovation. They're looking for ways to engage with customers. I, I read a stat the other day. Yeah. that at 89% of companies compete primarily on customer experience. Mm. And so the idea there was, was at some point kind of products are all mostly the same. Prices are mostly the same. They're all competitive within a few percentage points of each other. Yeah, Everybody's got locations. Everybody's online. So what really differentiates one place from the next is the how. How you deliver that product. How you deliver the experience. So customer experience becomes what differentiates companies. And it's in this place leaning into the, the behavioral science of it all that we, that we have started to uh, help companies really understand what does good customer experience look like? What do I have to do next? So we brought in our other uh, who became now our CEO, Jordan, and he's a technologist. So he's built out the app, the online function that we you know dragged in a bunch of AI technology to make it really, really functional and really interesting for, for, for practitioners. And yeah, it's been a journey. Like, if you told me when we started this thing that I was building anything other than a dashboard to help me with my simple market research stuff, I'd say, (laughs) this is all I'm doing. It's, it's much different than I expected this to turn into for all the right reasons. But, uh, they, you know, you hear accidental entrepreneur, like, I mean, I think this is the poster child. Like I just, (laughs) I didn't really sign up for this, but I, uh, we're doing it. And honestly, I love it. I'm, I'm just so passionate about what we're doing. I just, I really believe in what we're doing. And I think that helps. Yeah.
2: And so, Nick, tell me, as an accidental entrepreneur, right, I know part of your role is out meeting with clients. It's out meeting with funders. Tell me, when you first meet folks, how do you introduce yourself and explain who
0: you are and what it is that you do? The best part is is because we found this niche in, in CX and in terms of people looking at understanding people, understanding research, I can introduce myself as a peer. Mm. I I literally was in your shoes. I held that seat I've been in that place The best thing that ever happened to my career honestly was working on the client side like leaving Ipsos and working on the client side for, yeah. for five years because man that's a big organization I was working with and there is all the politics and power struggles and organizational hoops of any organization yeah of any large after a certain size they all become um in their own right, there are things to navigate that are beyond just doing good work. Doing good work is the beginning of your success in any organization. You have to know how to communicate, sell yourself, sell your story, you know, make sure the right people are looking good at the right times. It's, it's part of success in an organization. And and having that in my back pocket and now being back on the uh, the service support side and helping yeah. them succeed that's how I introduced myself. I, 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 I've been there. I know I, I can, we can speak from a place very quickly of common ground. Um, and it helps, it helps. It's, it's, I can't even tell you, it's immeasurable.
2: <laughs> well, right. I mean, you can empathize with people right off the bat, right. And there's sort of a
0: level of trust. Totally. Like one of the good thing, one of the things is, um, you know, with, with CX or marketing, uh, is another one as well, where it's very easy. I mean, when I started at, at Canadian tire, I was basically within the marketing department and I was seen as you hear this all the time, like an, an internal agency. Yeah. You're serving the needs of the business. You are basically, you know, at their whim and marketing, the whole department was treated the same way largely. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it, it's a tough way to start to establish yourself. And it wasn't until we had a new leader come in, uh, his name was Fred and, uh, if he ever hears this, you'll get a laugh out of it, but <laughs> he's, he's where I learned that y- y- it's not good enough to be an internal agency. Mm. It's not good enough to be just in the service of the business. Cause then you are just a cost center. Mm. You are something that's expendable. You are something that's, uh, you know, external, externalizable. Yeah, that's the wrong word, but you, <laughs> it's not even a word, but you, you, you can be outsourced. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. You know, And so if you're just a cost center who can be outsourced, that's not a place of value. He spent all his time building bridges with other departments, demonstrating that this thing that we're doing in marketing is not just internal agency work, is value driving for the business. Mm. And how then am I, as is the VPs in the department, are the, are the, is everybody in the department working towards value driving for the business and demonstrating that value every single day, whether it's good new ideas, whether it's, you know, showing up on time, whether, you know, whatever it is, we have to be value driving. And that was my a big part of my job on the, sort of the inside CX side was yeah. showing that, right. And so, um, I don't, fully remember your original question but (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was a really big time in there it was oh sorry yeah that was your question um extrapolating that from now my prospects yeah and saying how do you show value because you know what everybody struggles with it I, i haven't met a client that feels like they've shown enough value. They're okay. No, it's like, they all want to show more value to the business. Help me, show me, what are the ways, what are you working on? It's from that point, you know, again, because I've been there, we can have a very engaging peer to peer conversation right out, of, right out of the gate. And that that's just, that's everything.
2: Yeah. So, Nick, you you were talking about some of your career experiences. Let's delve into that a little bit more. Mm. When you look back over your career in marketing and marketing insights and customer experience, what were some of those true breakthrough moments that got you to where you are today as a founding partner?
0: Um, well, I alluded to them a little bit, but I think the first one... The first big one was when, because I was at, I was at Ipsos, so large market research company, largest in the yeah. world, I think, uh, for a decade. And you know, if we want to talk about what happened in my career, it's it was the moment when <laughs> I took that. I started saw the writing on the wall that I was about to be pigeonholed into that guy. Yeah, took that on the inside uh, and went to a client, a big client, a complex client, and really saw how hard it is. To have an impact internally, given all the machinations of things that go on in large organizations, you know, there I was at Ipsos. I remember I'd be talking to, you know, some, some large client, uh, and say, Hey, here's your recommendations for things you should do. And then you, you know, wipe my hands and go away. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing for me to do from that position, making the recommendations I was making at 25 years old or whatever I was (laughs) like. I don't know their business. I don't know the details of what's going on. It wasn't until I got to the inside. I saw what it takes to make a good recommendation. I saw what it takes to be valuable and help my clients truly look good is when you're sitting in that chair and you're dealing with it every day and it's not always pretty. Yeah. But, but you learn pretty quickly then when you go back out to now back on the service side, my standards are so high. Mm in terms of what it means to give something special to a client that they can use and work with, you know, that's, that's it. It's, it's that experience on the inside yeah. that is, that has really been everything.
2: Yeah. And it helps yeah. you create the the magic there. What were some other big career breakthrough moments for you?
0: Oh, it was so crazy. I, I was, we were, I had this pitch that I was doing the next day. And so I'm on a flight and the internet doesn't work. Like I can't Uh, do it. And all our stuff's on Google drive, right? Like I was flying to my parents' house. I get there and I'm in my childhood basement at my parents' house and I'm up till like four in the morning building out what turned out to be the turning point deck for our business, the turning point way that we talk about ourselves and present ourselves as truly an ally for CX practitioners to, to drive their businesses forward. I was up all night. I ended up, my parents have terrible internet again. I just been finding. <laughs> so I went to my friend's house, their kids running around in the back. I'm in the, I'm in his office and, uh, and I'm sitting there and I deliver easily the best pitch we've ever had. Wow. Um, the slides didn't look great. I'm going to be honest with you. Like me at four in the morning, i I've people like me for a lot of reasons. My slide building skills are not one of them, <laughs> but the, but, we found our language. We found our voice. We found our place. Mm. And at that moment, I knew that things were going to, they, they went for it. They're, they're now uh, we're, we're doing a great pilot with them and I'm excited about uh, what the future could hold. Um, But it was the way that we were able to express our value in a really meaningful way for the first time. And it was just the most ridiculous chaos that it was invented from, but it was from (laughs) years of, knowing what doesn't work and having a good hypothesis of what might work and just putting it together and and just staying up all night and getting it done. (laughs) Yeah. So it was like being back in high school, right? Oh man. It was cramming for that test or the report. It was finals week, man. (laughs) <laughs> right down to me hanging up the phone and getting a cold for the next week. You know what I mean? Exactly.
2: <laughs> if you have well, that, been burned too many times by airplane internet, so I oh. always download my decks and materials before I get on the plane.
0: Consider that a lesson learned.
2: My God, yeah, right? totally. Um, now, Nick, tell me when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I love that question. A ferry
0: boat driver. <laughs> for real. <laughs> where my grandparents lived, there was this huge ferry right beside their house. And I just, that was going to be me, like just driving that ferry. And it's, it's so funny. Like I've always, people always tell me like, you know, you know, I'm I'm 40 this year. Uh, It's like, you're like very childish in many ways. You just have like, (laughs) not childish, like immature, but like, you know, I, uh, I I just want to have fun. I want things to feel exciting. I want every day to be a bit adventurous. It was the adventure of driving a huge boat that, you know, I really was excited about. And, and I still look for that today. I don't think that's changed. You know, Mm -hmm. the reason I love what we do today, my, my passion for it, I think still comes from the same place. Yeah. It's exciting. It's different. I know what we're doing is going against some huge multi-billion dollar companies, uh, that, me and the people we're working with, our clients kind of all feel like they're saying the wrong stuff mm. and that we're on to something interesting and that we can be a challenger uh, in a meaningful way. And, uh, that's, that feels, that feels crazy. That feels exciting. And the only way to show up is to be yourself and have some fun with it and just do your best. And I'm okay with that. That's kind of exciting for me. So I don't know if there's a clear line between driving ferry boats and, uh, <laughs> and what we're doing today. But uh it's the same guy, and I think it comes from from the same place of looking for a bit of a yeah. bit of adventure, a bit of fun, you know? Well, at least you
2: always know you you have that backup plan if things don't go well, right? Um Man, you never <laughs> see me drive a boat. It ain't pretty, so I don't know. <laughs> the world's a safer place, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. So so Nick, how how did you get into marketing and marketing insights
0: in the first place? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. So um I was uh I was always going to be the guy who's like in finance or in accounting like I always had a really good head for numbers like you know give me calculus problems and I no problem all day um but uh when I got into university and there was a class around market research and I was like wow this is really interesting and I also kind of just really like like people I'm very fascinated by why people do what they do and the human condition and um uh just approaching every conversation with empathy I tried my partners always bug me about like man you always coming up the middle on stuff like take a side I'm like <laughs> yeah but I honestly see both sides and I just feel like there's room for a bit more nuanced conversation than the world being black and white yeah and and that's really my viewpoint and so when you take I think research was a cool avenue for me to express that uh in a way that like wasn't wasn't sexy on its own, but could be if you sort of did it right. And I just thought that I could bring some of me into that world and it might be kind of different. So that's what got me into that, into that space was the human understanding. And in fact, when I was at, um, at Canadian tire um, they actually did put me in a central marketing role. At one Mm -hmm. point I was leading marketing strategy. At one point I was a buying media even uh, because it was all led by my my way of thinking, which was analytical, which was people understanding. It was always customer first. Um, you know, I, I didn't really subscribe to too much dogma about what, what's good and bad. I always try to listen to listen to the data. Uh, and it's funny. I feel like that was, it was, it's seen as a bit odd at the time to put a research guy in those positions, but more and more as I see who my clients are and the kind of things they're doing in their own backgrounds, I'm seeing that people that can speak that language. Yeah that can speak people that can speak data that can really start to look and ascribe value to their efforts in like really demonstrable ways they're the ones sitting in those chairs more and more and more now um it's much less the don draper sitting on a couch thinking of taglines yeah um do you know well not nothing against that i just think the world has changed like it's just yeah. it's the people in leadership roles are just look different now nick let's
2: talk a little bit about your brand right because you've been sharing a lot of things around your point of view and the value that you bring give me three words that describe brand nick bond i'll use a quote
0: to do you be the first two yeah is that fun do you like ted lasso of course who doesn't okay so i love ted lasso i'm such a dork that way but uh, you know i think there's a lot of there's a lot of people in that camp so i'm not feeling too alone yeah send me some of those home-baked cookies when when you're done (laughs) he has he has a line that's like what does he say there's there's two buttons i never like to hit panic Mm. and snooze (laughs) and to me i'm like yeah like that's it i so a brand one so like don't panic like you know even keel again things will work out we just have to work the problem so don't panic, but don't stop either. You got to keep moving. You got to keep going. If the internet's out on the plane, your pitch isn't moving. So you got to stay up till four in the morning and get it done. Get it done. Like, don't, don't snooze, like rest for sure. Be healthy. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you care enough and you're passionate, just go get the work done. So those are, those are kind of the two things I love. I love that quote. Cause I think it's, it really, it really uh talks to talks to what i like a lot is is don't panic and and don't snooze the sun's up time to go. Uh and then the next one i would say um comes from a book that i read that i love you know, chris hadfield the, the astronaut i don't know if you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um he wrote a book called uh the astronaut's guide to life on earth. Yeah. And have you read it? I haven't but i've okay. heard of it. I would recommend it to anybody who just wants to learn how to like function and navigate problems because there's a way that astronauts think that's really interesting. The, in the business world, we talk a ton about leadership. You have to be the leader. You have to be out front. You have to be leading by example. And absolutely for sure, I try to do that every single day with my team. But I think a big part of being a great leader is great followership as well. Mm. Followership is a word I take really seriously. And so it means... What do my clients expect of me? How do I need to show up? And so I'm going to, I'm going to work in the service of my clients for my team. It means when things are getting hairy, they can, they know they can call me and I will be there and we're going to work through it together. Mm. It's not going to be Nick dictating. It might be to some extent that you know we're, we're strategizing for who does what, but yeah. they can be, sh- they can bet that I'm going to be in there with my sleeves rolled up as hard as anybody, working the problem and getting through it because maybe they took the lead on it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm the founding partner, but I don't need to be the one calling all the shots. Yeah. I'm okay. If they, to take direction and, and express good followership. So I would say don't panic. Don't snooze. I love those two. And know when it's time to just follow and be a good and, 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 uh, uh, um, demonstrate good followership as well as good leadership. So I don't know if those help, but, um, you know, and then to add a fourth, I think, I think we can just have some fun with everything. <laughs> I, uh, I don't mind adding some levity to the room, uh, having a laugh. Like that's, I don't here, man, I'm not, I'm not saving lives. Yeah. I think we're making things a lot better, but I think there's a lot of room for levity in in the world.
2: So Nick, tell me this this whole notion of like keep moving, uh don't panic, being a great follower, having fun. Have these always been hallmarks of your brand or has this evolved over time for you?
0: I'm going to call those lessons of experience. <laughs> I, you know, man, I, I, I would say I, I've always liked to bring uh, a sense of authenticity and me to the room. And you know, when when you're young in a career and you're trying to establish yourself, you want to you want to impress everybody. You want to do the right things. You don't even have a good sense of self yet. Um, so you do paddock sometimes. Mm. Uh, you. You, you, you don't know what to do next. So all of a sudden you can't just be your authentic self. You have to be some version of yourself mm. that feels uncomfortable, that feels put on, but feels uh, maybe required in that moment. And and certainly that, that does happen. I don't want to, I don't want to say that doesn't, but I think it's one of those things that time teaches you. If you're willing to be a student, mm. time teaches you and you have to be open. That's a big part of it, by the way, you have to be open. Yeah. To that. But what, it's not just what does it mean to be a good CX or insights or marketing professional? So what is Nick bond's contribution to that industry? Why am I here? What is my thing that I can uniquely bring to this story? And you'll learn that through time that, you know, I I'm not this guy. I, I can't pretend to be something I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm casual, but I'm going to ask hard questions. I'm, I'm, uh, overwhelmed with work, but I'm never going to panic. Don't take that as a lack of caring. Mm. It's just my, it's pretty even keel. I will be the hardest worker in the room. I promise, but I'm not going to show up and complain about it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I don't know if that's always healthy, but that's, that's sort of, um, I, 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 I like to be, um, I have learned what works for me. I've learned what, my comfort zone is because I think this is my, I'm doing a lot of reflection here in my 40th year. (laughs) Uh, But I think with time does give you a bit of, a bit of uh, uh, perspective and it gives you the ability to say, what do I like and what do I not like? And honestly, you know, devolve yourself as much as possible of the stuff that's wearing you down and inhibiting your ability to be your best version of yourself. I just want to, go where I can be successful and I have a better sense of that now than I did 10 or 15 years ago and that yeah. feels that feels good. Yeah.
2: And Nick, what are some of those things that you realized over time that you just need to not do or kind of divorce yourself from because they inhibit
0: you being the best you? Uh I yeah, that is a really good question. I realized this might be career limiting for me to say this, but it's okay. I'll tell you because we're friends. Uh, <laughs> and no one will share. Nobody will ever share this around. Keep it between us. Uh, but I'm not that good at the, the internal politics thing. Mm. Uh, I've always been a hard, thoughtful worker. And I think my best the best I can be is when I can produce great work. Mm. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of being successful in larger organizations that, that goes beyond just producing great work. Uh, and into, you know, the, the rest of it, you know, Mm. to call it, you know, the, the people, the, 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 Again, the, misal- the different priorities, I don't say misaligned, but the different priorities, the different personalities, the different people, the ways you're trying to navigate the system to try and urge things to happen. Some people are excellent at change management and some people are excellent at managing up and some people are really, really, really good at um, at managing big teams and big priorities. They, they thrive in that place. But honestly, it's okay to realize that maybe those things aren't your strong suit because mm. sometimes if you're an R and D sort of person at heart who loves thinking, who loves numbers, who wants to apply great insight to people that can take that and run with the ball. I love being that guy. If the, if, if I can build a company that gets people the ball and gets them an assist so they can just do a one yard walk over the line and they score a touchdown. Uh, I'm so happy about that, but that's more, a that's, that's, that's our role. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't do drama very well. <laughs> I'm going to be, it's just, it doesn't, I get all fidgety. I, I get sweaty. You don't want to see me like in a situation where that. That's, that's when it becomes personal. I, you know, sometimes things we get personal in business and I just, I'd start my own thing and it's working better. And we have very engaged, very wonderful employees that care a lot about doing great work that want to set our clients up for great success. And I think in that space, we've found a real strong niche that I'm excited about. Yeah.
2: Now, Nick, I love having marketing folks like yourself on the show because I'd love to hear from you what are some things that you use in the marketing insight space in marketing even in in customer experience that you think we could all use in our own career to help develop our own brand and and better serve others?
0: Market research at its core is asking good questions. Yeah, and listening to the answers. Mm without having your next question formulated necessarily. Mm. Like it's not about running through a script. It's about listening and responding and communicating really thoughtfully. That's where real insights come from because, yeah. and honestly, one of the things that's really come up in for us is, uh, sales and how to sell what we're doing. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest thing that I've applied is <laughs> selling isn't pitching. Selling is asking. Selling is asking good questions and then listening to the answers and responding and adapting on the fly and you know knowing that you might want to get to a certain place, but you got to be flexible. The road to get there might not be straight. It might be quite circuitous. And that's okay. In fact, that's the fun of it. That's when we're learning the the goods, bads and uglies of of a certain client situation or we're learning their particular nuances or we're learning what they really care about. And so research and insights... I think at its poorest is just, you know, going through a CSAT survey at its best is truly learning about the person across from you and taking the time to listen and understanding that their reality might be different than you expected. Can you adapt? Can you still have a relevant conversation? Can you, um, recognize when maybe there is nothing there and that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the win. You know, that's that's where it becomes an authentic, good human conversation. That's what research and insights has given me. And that's what I would say everybody can lean into. Uh, use the ears a lot more uh, is something that I think we could all do a bit better. Yeah.
2: So the power of asking great questions and then shutting up and listening, right? Amen. Did <laughs> <'Cause>, you
0: know... <laughs> You, you've you been to like a small party or something and small talking and yeah you know you have your list of questions to like go work the room how many times do you tell somebody your name you say your name and they've forgotten your name or heaven forbid we're all guilty of it as well somebody tells you the name and within literally 10 seconds you've forgotten it yeah um, that's a sign like you're asking questions matt perhaps but we're not listening we haven't turned that gear on yet yeah um The winners are always listening. The winners aren't the loudest people in the room. They're sometimes just the thoughtful listeners that when they do speak, it's very, very, very smart and informed.
2: Yeah. Now, Nick, you talked a little bit about not being so rigid and being flexible and and being in service of other people. Talk to me. How do you show up as your best self, but then flex that to best meet the needs of your clients and customers? And, And when is it too much? In terms of like too much flexibility or too much of, of changing your own style of who you mm. are. Oh, to, I see what to you're To better meet
0: a client. I mean, we're not everyone's cup of tea, right? No, no, absolutely not. And I think the best thing you can do, or at least I can do, I've, I've learned is to be, be me right out of the gate. Mm. And so one of the things that's, that I have learned uh, in my time here on earth is that y- you will forge better relationships quicker if you remove the mask as quickly as possible ah. and just be you. And so one of the things I do is, is sometimes I use a bit of blue language and okay, so it's whatever uh, <laughs> I will, I will, I will drop some language sometimes early in a meeting uh, at the right time, not to just, not to be like crass, but at a, a pro, just to see, like they can see that I'm going to be a bit casual here on certain things, or I will throw an opinion that I know is going to be a little bit. Um, maybe not everybody will agree with, Yeah, but I'll pitch it out there just to see who responds, how. And the only reason I do that is to let them see me and let me see them in a different light than simply talk. Like you will almost never hear me talk about the weather when we're waiting for a conference call to open. Like, I'll, I'll very rarely ask how's the weather in LA <laughs> like because it's always perfect. It's no, always kidding. totally, but it's, I'll usually strike in with something a little bit harder hitting or a little bit more thoughtful to, again, it's just those little moments, those little ways for them to peer through the veneer, of, especially living this 2d zoom lifestyle. Yeah. To peer through it a bit and see the person here, because when you get to that place with them, Oh my goodness all of a sudden you're texting with your client you're having conversations you're able to get to different places understand their needs and then when it comes time for them to give you a curveball or to tell you something different it's okay you have mm. that relationship we can work yeah. through it together and what's nice about it that way is they can empathize that you know hey this is new for me too let's work through it together i don't have to show up like mr ibm with all the answers all the time Like it's okay. Like some we can be humans working through hard things together. Mm. And in that place, we actually get to way better outcomes.
2: Well, Nick, I know we could talk all day. I just have a couple of fun questions to close us out. We've been talking all about your brand uh, as a leader and a little bit about the Apex Scoring System brand. What brand are you obsessed with as a consumer? What can't you live without?
0: Oh man, I hate sounding, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, does everybody say Patagonia on this show? No, not. <laughs> oh really? No, that's a okay. great one. Okay. I love, love, love that brand. Uh, uh, I'll spend way too much for their hats and stuff. And like, it's the one, it's the one logo. Like I, I really like to have, visible on me when I'm wearing something. Um just so authentic, uh so values driven, so real. Uh the people that work there work there for a set of reasons that go far beyond wanting to work for a neat retailer. Yeah. Um yeah no they they do very little wrong in my books and they stand for all the things like we talked about adventure and all this yeah. Like they stand for a lot of the stuff that uh that really that really revs me up. So that's a great brand and uh if people don't know enough about it please go check it out.
2: And, and we'll check you out in your Patagonia driving your ferry, right? Totally. Um, You've got my <laughs> retirement plan already, hey?
0: That's exactly my exactly. retirement plan. Exactly. See,
2: they're, they're a match made in heaven. Tell me, Nick, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be?
0: Can I say 1988? Well, well, kind of fixed up Chevy van. Yes, and and why why a
2: 1988 well fixed up Chevy van?
0: Oh man, I just feel like a 1988 well fixed up Chevy van is always ready for action. It's always ready for fun. You take <laughs> that thing anywhere; people are drawn to it. They want to go on road trips. They want to have some fun. It's bad on gas. That's the one thing I'll say. It's bad on gas. He'll so forgive me. Maybe I'll put an electric motor in it or something. But, uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I, whenever I see one on the highway, which is getting rarer and rarer these days, I'm like, man, that person just has a good time. (laughs) Yeah, They've got their priorities all straightened out.
2: And finally, Nick, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners?
0: Um, give it time. Mm. You know, there's, there's a lot there's a lot of self-help books and you can find all sorts of things around be your authentic self and take chances and use your voice and take your space. And all those things are true. Uh, it's not always, it doesn't always feel right. It doesn't, you don't know what be your authentic self means. You don't know what your voice sounds like. You haven't found it yet. Uh, give it time, like experience. Every experience is going to feed into who you are and who you become. And, uh, it's okay if it doesn't feel right today, be, be, be generous with yourself, be kind to yourself, relax, give it a bit of time. It will come. It will come be, Mm. just be a student, you know, don't be afraid to just be a student and and give it a bit of time. Awesome. Give
2: it time and learn. Well, Nick Bond, it was great talking to you. If people want to learn more about apex scoring system, where should they
0: go? Uh, there are some links we sent to the show notes to my, uh, LinkedIn profile, Nick Bond, of course, and apex is our, uh, is our website. Um, if you want to see the company, um, but yeah, you know, I would just love to chat with anybody that's intrigued and wants to learn more about what we do or what I'm up to. Uh, so yeah, either one of those LinkedIn or, or the internet, uh, the website there is just fine. And check them out in the
2: show notes, Nick, it was yes. so great talking.
0: Yeah, it was really nice talking to you as
2: well. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Thoughts.
1: Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level?
2: Wow, what an awesome conversation with Nick Bond, the Chief Experience Officer and founding partner at Apex Scoring System. You know, I really loved our conversation with Nick because it really just brought me back to that age-old piece of advice that your career is really a journey, right? It's all about how you get there. It's not about that end destination, right? It's not just about climbing the ladder. It's that matrix. It's really about going through that jungle gym. And you don't need to stress out and worry if you don't have that perfect career plan, because guess what? Anyone who thinks they have a perfect career plan really doesn't. In this digital world, you are going to be focused on acquiring great skills and experiences because you're putting them into your backpack, your toolkit that you're going to be able to pull out along the way. Now, here's the reality. What you think you'll be doing in 10 years, you probably won't be doing because the job you may be doing in 10 years probably hasn't even been invented yet. That's right, that's how the world is going. So don't focus so much on, do I have everything right now? Am I perfectly poised to get to that next spot? Am I on my perfect path? Make sure that you're navigating that journey with your hands on the steering wheel, being consciously competent, and collecting all of those skills, experiences, and I'm gonna throw in there valuable relationships that are gonna help you on your path Down the road. Well, that's our show for you today. If you loved what you heard, make sure you're following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll bring you a brand new show every single week. Now, check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and I especially love to connect on LinkedIn. If you send me a DM with a question, you might just hear it on a future show. Now, most of all, and most importantly of all, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks.
1: You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria.